Hello everyone, this is Jerome. I serve as a community pastor here at First Christian Church. Welcome to our brand new podcast. I'm so glad that we get to serve you today through this message. God bless you. Let's get into the word. Hey FCC, I'm glad that you tuned in. Uh, We got something a little bit different for you today. We had some technical difficulties with our main service uh, and the audio didn't record. So we re-recorded today's service in kind of a recap format. Uh, But here's the thing, the word of God is always good, especially if you're a doer of it. So thank you for tuning in. Check out this recap of today's sermon. Um, The word is there. Please take notes. And like I said, be a doer of God's word because it produces so many great results in our lives. I love you. Stay tuned uh, for God's word. Well, welcome, everyone. It is the day after Christmas. We're so excited to be able to celebrate uh, the reason for the season, who is Jesus. You've heard that a million and a half times. So this makes a million and a half and one. Jesus is definitely the reason for the season. So um, we're excited. This is the last Sunday of 2021. Um, and I'm just excited about the opportunity to finish the year strong. I think that uh, the most important entities to anything is the beginning and the end. And so uh, there's, there's an emphasis on finishing strong. There's an emphasis on starting strong. Uh, and then obviously we want the middle to be strong too, but definitely the beginning of the end, we want to make a statement. So today we're going to talk about abide. We're going to talk about abiding and staying in Jesus. And another word for abide is simply to remain. So before we get into the word, let's acknowledge the father with the word of prayer. Uh, So if you all would pray with me, uh, and then we'll get started diving into the word. Father, we thank you for the privilege and opportunity to speak your word, the privilege and opportunity to hear your word. And Father, the most important thing, the privilege and opportunity to do your word. I thank you, Father, that your word is alive, that it is living, uh, and that we are doers of it and not hearers only. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone say it. Amen. All right, so we're going to be looking at John chapter 15, John chapter 15, uh, and this is a very familiar passage of scripture. Um, This is Jesus speaking, and he talks about himself uh, being the vine and us being the branches. And so we're going to read through the first 12 verses and then just kind of unpack and see what Holy Spirit has to share with us today. So in John chapter 15, that's in the New Testament. Uh, It is the fourth book of the New Testament. Uh, So I'm going to begin to read in verse number one. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father, the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. But you're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. If you remain in me as I also remain in you, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If, keyword, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, another keyword. If you do not remain in me, you are like the branch that is thrown away and withers, Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If, again, you remain in me and my words in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. 
This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I also loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full or complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. So we're talking about what does it look like to abide or to remain, to stay in Jesus. That is our, our subject matter for today. Uh, and, and really, as we dive into and we prepare for 2022, it's a good uh, reminder, a good barometer, so to speak, uh, to ask ourselves constantly, am I abiding? Am I remaining in Jesus? Is he my lens through which I'm seeing all of my issues and all of my circumstances through? So I love acronyms, right? Uh, and I have an acronym for abide, and abide is spelled A-B-I-D-E. And like I said, it simply means remain, okay? Uh, it means, means remain, to, to, be, con, to be constant, uh, to continue, to rest, to stand firm, to be stationary for an indefinite amount of time. So as we look at this, this, this uh, verse of Scripture in John chapter 15, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to abide or to remain in Jesus. Don't let anything shake you from being in Jesus. Don't let anything, any circumstance, any, anything that's happening, whatever, whether, whether it's in your family uh, or in your job, uh, whatever the case may be, our commitment has to be abide, to abide in Jesus. So abide. Always be in discipled expression. The A is for always, the B is for B, I is for N, D is for discipled, and the E is for expression. Always be in a discipled expression. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, some of you probably already know this, so I'm giving you a recap. Others of you, this may be some new information. But as we think about the, the term discipling or discipleship or disciple making, one of the things that, that is, we get a picture of is what it looked like for disciples to be made. Okay? Now, in these, these agrarian times, in these Bible times, uh, disciples followed a rabbi. And they literally followed him. They did life with him. Uh, he would teach them in the synagogues. They would go to uh, Hebrew class, and they would learn the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible. Uh, by the time they were 12 years old as Jewish boys, they would have to learn and, and be able to recite the entire five books of the Bible. Okay? Um, and so they were being discipled. They were being taught. They were being groomed. They were being shaped. They were being molded. And what would happen... Uh, with these disciples is they would follow their rabbi and they would follow in his footsteps, okay? Now, as they would follow in his footsteps, the dust that the rabbi would kick up would get on their garments. And they would follow uh, their rabbi so intently and so closely that a lot of times they would pick up the mannerisms of their rabbi. So uh, if he walked with a certain type of uh, cadence or limp or, or whatever the case may be, those disciples would literally imitate that rabbi. So much to the point that if they weren't walking with the rabbi, 
people would know whose disciples that they were because of their walk. Wow, what an interesting concept. These disciples, these Hebrew boys, uh, they would, these Hebrew young men, they would walk and follow their, their rabbi so intently that they would begin to mimic his walk, his gait, his cadence of his steps, that people would start to identify them as that rabbi's disciple. So the, the same thing remains true for us. Well, we should be walking the way that Jesus walked. We should be carrying out the things that he instructs us to carry out. And we should always be in a discipled expression so that people will know that we're his disciples. And so as we talk about abiding and remaining in Jesus, it is literally I'm putting on Jesus like I have on this jacket and I'm not taking him off. Whether it be at school, like I mentioned before, whether it be at work, uh, having a difficult conversation with my family members, whatever I'm dealing with or going through, I'm always in a discipled expression. I'm always, I'm remaining in Jesus. And the scripture says that as I abide or remain in him and his words in me, that I will produce or I will bear much fruit. This is, this is an amazing uh, insight and amazing revelation that Jesus gives us these instructions. If you do this, that's why I said it's a key word. If I abide in him and if his words abide in me, then there are certain things that I have a right to expect because of what he promised. So let's look at what those things are. All right. So in verse two, uh, let's go back and recap because the word is always good. He says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So if I abide in him and his words abide in me, the Bible says, or Jesus promises me, that, uh, that I will bear fruit. And the fruit that I bear, the Father, who is the divine dresser, he will prune that fruit. Now, a lot of times in life, uh, we go through things um, and sometimes we misidentify the things that we go through as, as just hardships or just adversity. Now, we do go through hardships. We do go through adversity. But I would love to submit to you this idea, and it's not my idea. It's right here in the Word of God, that perhaps he's pruning your life. And sometimes the pruning process is not a very pleasant process. Sometimes the pruning process is difficult. Sometimes the pruning process doesn't feel good. It, it, it isn't what we necessarily sign up for. You know, sometimes, sometimes people may describe it like this. I take two steps forward and then it feels like I take three steps back or one step back or whatever measure you want to put on that. But could it be that you're just being you're just being groomed, that you're just being pruned so that you can bear more fruit. And so we're going to look at that concept of bearing or producing more fruit that is, is beyond uh, our comfort zone or is beyond just us, right? We have to get out of this bubble and this mentality of, well, I just want this to be about me. I just need my comforts. I just need my needs to be met, my four, no more. Like we have to get beyond that. Us following Jesus, our followership of Jesus impact, impacts more than just us. And we're going we're gonna to see what that looks like in just a minute. So what happens when I remain or I abide in Jesus? All right. So I'll bear much fruit and then I'll be pruned to bear or produce more fruit. Okay. 
Um, and, and then the, the next thing that happens is in verse 7. He says that I will ask whatever I desire and it will be done for me. So let's look at verse 7 real quick again. He says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now that is a huge statement that Jesus is making. He's saying if, so there's a qualifier, there's a responsibility that I have, that if I abide in him and his words abide in me or live or remain in me, that I can ask whatever I wish and it will be done for me. Could it be? The reason why we're not seeing what we're asking God for is because we're failing to remain or abide in him. Maybe, maybe our lives are looking just a little bit like, you know, I abide in Jesus, you know, for the first three months of the year because I'm all excited and the church is going on a fast. And you know what I mean? It's the brand new year, the brand new calendar year. And I have all these resolutions and, and goals that I'm going to do. And, you know, come February 15th, I've been, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. And then February 21st, I'm slowing down a little bit. And then by the time March hits, you know, we're abiding somewhere else. And then we wonder What's happening? I'm doing this. I I was doing that. I tried it for a little while, and then something happened. Life hit. Circumstances came up, and, and I backed away. Are we remaining in Jesus? So he never tells us to, to, uh, to try me out. He never says to abide for a little while or, or remain for a little while, but then, you know, if you vacillate, it's okay. No, he says remain, abide, stay, live, like occupy this space in me. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. In other words, we don't have the, we, we, we don't have the luxury to disconnect from the vine. We don't have the luxury to disconnect from our source. Jesus is our source. The, the word of God is our source. My life is, is charged, is energized, is powered by me being connected to his word. If I choose to disconnect, then I also choose the consequences of what it looks like to have disconnected. So I challenge us to really take an inventory of your life and ask yourself, where have you failed to abide? Where have you failed to remain? Where have you disconnected from the vine? Disconnecting from the vine has consequences. All right. So what else happens when I remain or I abide in Jesus? The Bible says that his joy will remain in us. His joy remains in me when I abide in him. So joy means that I have it really clearly paints the picture that I have the ability to live beyond my circumstances. You know, I've I've flown and many of you have flown uh, on an airplane many times and uh, depending on where you are or depending on what, what's happening with the weather, you can get uh, to a point where you're flying above the clouds and you look down um, from the airplane and you see clouds, right? Like you're above the weather. It may be storming underneath those clouds, but you're literally flying above the circumstances of the weather. That is a, kind of the clearest picture that I can point of what joy looks like. And, and Jesus says that, that his joy will remain in us if we abide in him. And then he also says that our joy will be made full. Our ability to fly or to live above life circumstances, it doesn't mean that the circumstances go away. 
It doesn't mean that the storms necessarily cease. It doesn't mean that there's just going to be peaches and rainbows. But what it does mean is that you have now in, in, in entered into a vehicle or, or a methodology or ideology or this reality that now you can be above those circumstances. Yes, the circumstances still exist, but they don't affect you like they would if you weren't abiding and remaining in Jesus. Remember the story when Jesus was asleep in the boat on the pillow and the storm is raging all around him and the disciples are like, don't you care about us? Like, man, we're about to die. We're about to lose our lives. And here you are sleeping on the pillow. And Jesus is like, man, you have little faith. And he gets up and he speaks to the storm. This is what it looks like when we abide in him and his words abide in us. We speak to our circumstances not for victory, but from a position of victory. This is a direct result of us abiding and remaining in Jesus. So I want to look at real quick, what is this fruit this, this, that I'll bear much fruit, right? I'll produce much fruit, which is another word for bear. So look at Galatians chapter 5. And this is a very familiar passage of Scripture that you probably learned in Sunday school. And um, there's nine fruits of the Spirit. Uh, and actually... Um, to be, to be very accurate and technical, uh, because that is very important, that it is the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit, the, Paul outlines here in Galatians, nine characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. So, the Bible says, Jesus says in John 15, that I, if I abide in him and his words in me, that I will bear much fruit or I produce much fruit. The fruit that he's talking about is found here in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Okay? So if I abide in him, if I remain in him, and his words in me, he says that I will produce much fruit. I will produce much love. I will produce much joy, much peace, much forbearance, much kindness, much goodness, much faithfulness, much gentleness, and much self-control. This is a direct result of me abiding or remaining in Jesus. And then, remember, the, wine dr- the, the vine dresser is going to prune me so that I can bear more fruit. Now, This fruit that I'm speaking of, like I said earlier, it's not just about me. It's not just about me and my household. I want to have all this fruit stored up so people can look at me and say, oh, wow, look at Jerome. He's full of peace. He's full of he's full of uh, forbearance. He's full of kindness. And and I'm supposed to hold on to these things. But literally, the fruit in my life is supposed to benefit those that I that I come in contact with, those that see me. Here's why. A fruit tree is, is by design, uh, it wants to be eaten, right? The, the, the tree produces fruit so that the fruit can be eaten. The, the fruit on a tree is not for display, okay? It's not to, the, you've never seen a tree say, hey, look at my oranges. Hey, look at my lemons. Hey, look at my apples. Aren't my bananas beautiful? Look at them. They're just so colorful and, and just, oh, so amazing. Just look at them. No, you've never seen a tree do that. But every tree that bears fruit, the fruit gets picked, and the fruit that is picked benefits the picker. 
it benefits or is there to benefit the one who picks the fruit from the tree. And so as a, as a tree, and we're going to look at this uh, here in a second, but as, as, a, as a part of the vine, which Jesus says that we're the branches, we're supposed to be producing or bearing much fruit. And as I bear and I produce this fruit, people should be drawn to my life that's bearing fruit. And as they're drawn to my life, they should get closer, not just to the branch, but also to the vine who is Jesus. Wow. So if my life is bearing much fruit, it's producing fruit, it draws people to the fruit. They partake of the fruit of the Spirit, not of Jerome, but they partake of the fruit of the Spirit, which gets them closer to the vine. And the hope is that they now become connected to the vine and they become a branch as well to attract others, to draw them in so that we can all be giving glory to the vine and be, be being pruned by the vine dresser to produce more fruit, to attract more people, to draw more people unto him. The Bible says that Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Part of the fruit of our lives is to draw men and women to him. It's to, it's to allow the fruit of our lives to be so attractive to be so consistent, to be in such a state where it's abiding and remaining in Jesus that people don't have a choice but to be drawn to him. All right? So let's look real quick in, uh, in Psalms chapter 1, and David has something to say about this whole idea of fruit and tree and production and, and all this great stuff. So Psalms chapter 1, and it's very interesting that the language that is used, I'm, I'm always a proponent of words. Words matter. Words are important. The words, especially in the Word of God, uh, I don't believe that the Spirit of God just uses certain words just to throw them in there, just as placeholders, but they are impactful and they're there for a reason. So in Psalms chapter 1, verse 1, it says, blessed is the one who does not walk with, in step with the wicked or stand in, uh, in the way of sinners or take the seat in the company of mockers, but Whose, law, whose delight is in the law of the Lord. This person is blessed. And he who meditates on his law day and night. That person, verse 3, is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So the psalm, the psalmist, David says that, that we're blessed if we don't sit in the seat of scorners or, or, you know, go in the way of mockers and, and all these things. And then he says that our lives will be like a tree planted by rivers of living water. It coincides with John chapter 15. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. I want to be that tree planted by living water. I want to be that branch that's connected to the vine, that is connected to the Father, that is producing because it's connected to living water. Right. And I'm, I'm producing fruit. And so my life as a Jesus follower should be bearing fruit that those that are hungry, that those that are in search of answers should be able to come to the tree of my life and literally pick off love. They should be able to pick off the fruit of long suffering. They should be able to pick off the fruit of goodness, of kindness, of meekness, of faithfulness, of self-control. They should be able to pick off these fruits and benefit by them and get closer to the vine who is Jesus Christ. That is my life as a Jesus follower in a nutshell.
And so that's why I said it's, it's bigger than just me. So me abiding, me remaining in Jesus can determine how close my neighbor is able to get to Jesus or not. And so I want to challenge you with this in 2022 that, that you always be in a disciple expression. In the grocery store, you know, in line at the DMV, in traffic. That's a big one, in traffic. To always be in a disciple expression in traffic, y'all know that's a big one, right? In church, at home, on the job, wherever I am, I always want to be in a discipled expression. I always want to be mimicking and, and imitating the Lord Jesus Christ. I always want to be connected to that vine, producing fruit, enduring the, the, the times where I'm being pruned. And you know what? A lot of times pruning looks like you, you pouring out for people and pouring out to people and you getting nothing from them in return. And that's okay. That's okay because the Father sees everything that I do. And I know that the word of God is true, that whatever I sow, I'm going to reap. So whether that person is grateful or thankful or acknowledges me or not, it's okay because the Father sees it all. I'm okay with being pruned so that I can produce more fruit. So in 2022, brothers and sisters, let's do the work of abiding in Jesus. Let's stay in Jesus. Let's not let any circumstance deter or sway us from our position in him so that others can, can benefit by the fruit that our lives produce. I love you. More importantly, Jesus loves you. God bless you, and we'll see you next time.